Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith. Very thankful for this another wonderful opportunity to talk about Jesus, to share the Bible, a book that I love, a book that has blessed my life, my eternal soul, and we thank God for the liberty that we have in these United States to read our Bible out in the open. There are certain places in the world that if an individual is caught with a Bible, they're thrown in jail or literally put to death. We thank God for this great liberty that we have in these United States, and may we not take it for granted. Here we are today in the book of St. John. St. John, the fourth book in the New Testament, and we see here in the gospel according to St. John, John, as he writes under the inspiration of God, this is the youngest of the 12 disciple, the same John that was a part of Jesus' inner circle as we think of John, James, and Peter. God would use him to pen not only this book, the Gospel of St. John, but also 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book, The Revelation. What a fascinating story. What a fascinating life. Normally, when a person becomes saved, we invite them to the Gospel of John. 21 chapters, and we encourage the newborn babe in Christ to become familiar, become acquainted with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Every chapter speaks of his character. We see the miracle worker in this book. And beloved, if we want to increase in our faith, if we have the passion, the desire, the longing for great faith and strong faith, it is because of spending time in the Bible and to see our God, see him at work, see him doing that which only God can do. We think of chapter nine, Jesus would open up the eyes of a man born blind. We think of chapter 11, Jesus would raise up Lazarus, who had been dead now for four days and told him to get up and he had to call him by name. Otherwise, everyone would have gotten up. We see him feeding the multitudes with a little, but in the hands of God, more than enough. We see him as the profound teacher of the law, teaching his own words. Because Jesus is the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We'll note this passage, please, in St. John and chapter three. Let's pick up in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 is perhaps the most familiar most famous verse in the Bible. We see the address at the game. We see it on television. We see it on the sign. And what a great verse. It speaks to us how to go to heaven by believing in the person of Jesus. And it denotes why he came. He came that he may die for the sins of the world 
and be placed into the grave and rise again. And because Jesus lived, we shall live. We are redeemed by his precious blood. And so we rejoice in this verse. We are never tired of it. And if you are a new believer beginning to memorize scripture, certainly this is a magnificent one as all of them are. But with great simplicity, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life and note the period. Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Salvation. A one word definition for the term is deliverance. And when we come to Christ by believing who he is, that he's God. And believing what he has done, that he died and rose again from the dead. And then to personally invite him to come into our heart and save our soul. We become saved. We become delivered. Number one, from paying the penalty of sin. Number two, we become delivered from the power of sin as we think of our ancient foe, the devil. Jesus commands him to take his hands off of us. And now for the first time in our life, because we understand that at the moment of salvation, God in the person of the Holy Spirit indwells the believer, Ephesians 1.13. And now we can walk with God. We can understand the word of God and we are able to become overcomers. Number three, we are delivered from the person who sinned me. I need deliverance from me. I need deliverance from my own thinking, my own ways, my own sinful, abominable, ungodly, immoral, unethical, unrighteous way. I can't blame everything on the devil. And I'm not speaking up for him. He's no friend of mine. But the reality is some of it is me. The sins of my flesh. In fact, beloved, the reason why we're in some of the trouble we're in now it's because of listening to, following the lust of the flesh, the sins of the flesh, and listening to those whom we love, who are just as wrong as we are. Thank God for the word of God. And then one day we'll be, number four, delivered from the very presence of sin. We're on our way home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're on our way to heaven, a pure place, a holy place, a majestic place, a glorious place, a holy place. Hallelujah. And so we have this great verse, St. John chapter 3 is a passage of rejoicing, of shouting, hard to stay mad or sad. When we consider these great truths from the word of God, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I tell you, I, I get happy on that by itself. I have more to say, more to share, more to teach, but I, I get happy on that by itself. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. So glad. Thank you, Lord. Anchored in Jesus, kept in Jesus, secure in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go further. Note the text. Verse 18. He that believe on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Condemned already, even before judgment. The Lord says, you have done it to yourself. You have hurt yourself. You have cursed yourself. You have condemned yourself. Hell is your home. Hell is your home because of rejecting Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to be clear. It's possible to go to church and still be on my way to hell. It's possible to preach in the pulpit and still be on my way to hell. It's possible to stand at the door as an usher and still be on my way to hell. It's possible to be a choir member and tear up the church with the pipes that God has given you and still be on my way to hell. It's possible to be a nice person and still on my way to hell. For we understand that salvation is in the person of Jesus. Salvation is not because of good works. I can't be good enough. I have a sin problem. I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I need the Redeemer. I need the Savior. I need the Deliverer. I need the person who could die for me, who only qualified to die for me and who rose again from the dead. And even the faith that we have to accept Jesus, uh, God gave, we owe him everything. There'll be no one in heaven talking about, I'm here because I was good. That's what Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine speak to us concerning not by works of righteousness, which we have done. I cannot boast. I cannot be good enough. I am a sinner. The text says there's none righteous. No, not one. We all need the redeemer, but let's go further within this text. Let's pick up there in verse 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men loved, there it is, darkness, wickedness, sin, immorality, corruption, degradation, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The devil is good at his business and he'll mess us up with that which feels good, with that which tastes good, with that which we think about when we're away from it, 
can't wait to get back to it. And it's not worth it. It's not worth it. What is it, beloved, that's keeping you from coming to the Lord? Is it worth going to hell? Is it worth keeping you from receiving Jesus Christ? Is it worth the horrors of hell, eternity in hell? Of course not. But what a great verse. What a profound verse. People love the corruption and the immorality and the drugs and the drinking. Love the dirt. Love that which is immoral, that which is ungodly, the lust of the flesh, etc., etc. Therefore, will not come to God in earnest. Note the text in verse 19, and this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. How do we know? Verse 20, for everyone that do evil hate the light, neither come to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved or corrected. But he that do truth come to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. People love Commotion, love mess, love trouble. A liar loves to lie. A cheat loves to cheat. And they may know that they're lying and they'll continue to lie as if they're not. And will fight you over that lie. Instead of seeking to do the right thing. There's nothing wrong with doing the right thing. Nothing wrong with speaking truth. Nothing wrong with being honest. Nothing wrong with working hard. I'd rather be in God's favor than have his wrath upon me. I'd rather know his peace. I'd rather know his joy. I'd rather feel his presence. I'd rather know that the angels are encamped round about me because of a choice not just to believe in God, but to walk with God. You can't beat him in giving. And we pray and we share the word of God. For faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God, that men and women and boys and girls may become snatched from the grips, from the jaws of the devil and of their own flesh and discover that there's a better way. The best way, I believe it with all my heart, the best choice we could make for eternity is to come to God, to embrace Jesus Christ, to pick up this Bible and decide. The song says, I have decided to walk with Jesus. May that be our choice. Amen. 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 That's a good choice. That's a good plan. That's a great plan. You'll never be sorry for all of eternity. I thank you.